Kind World is sponsored by American Public Media, presenting the podcast, The Slowdown. The Slowdown offers five minutes of calm every weekday. One of the most celebrated poets of our time, host Tracy K. Smith, provides insight and poetry that offers a few moments of reflection. Listen to The Slowdown wherever you get your podcasts. There's a lot of competition to be the first headline or Google result. If you want to go deeper, try on Second Thought. It's a weekly podcast from Georgia Public Broadcasting, hosted by me, Virginia Prescott. We talk with innovative thinkers, hip-hop legends, pecan farmers, and agents of change who just may make you rethink what it means to be second. Subscribe to On Second Thought for free on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Kind World from WBUR. I'm Erica Lance. Julie Lindahl was born in Brazil. Her mother's German family had moved there in 1960, and she moved a lot while she was growing up. Wherever they were, though, she always sensed that something was wrong. The feeling that my sister and I always had was that there was this corpse that was lying in the room that was covered over with a blanket, and nobody wanted to uncover it. As a young girl... Julie began to sense that that corpse might be her grandfather. He had died when she was very young, so she barely knew him. But she came to believe there was something about her grandfather, some secret, that haunted her family. Something that none of them felt they could talk about, that they felt so tortured and burdened by, and they just didn't know what else to do with it except toss it on the, on the kids. Family gatherings were full of anger, and Julie and her sister escaped whenever they could. She would run into the room next door, shut the door, and and get out a face crayon and paint her face with it and write all kinds of expletives on it and looked at herself in the mirror just to get it out of her system. Julie also carried this inexplicable shame. I had this feeling around me that I had done something so bad that one just couldn't even talk about it. Not talking about the corpse in the room weighed on Julie. By the time she was in her 40s, she was struggling with depression. Lying in my bed with all the curtains shut, unable to stand up. And um, my husband came to me and said, you know, I think you need to seek help. Do you need to see a psychiatrist or what do you need? And I said, I need to go to the German Federal Archives. That's what I need to do. And that's what she did. Julie got on a plane, and soon she was in Berlin watching an archivist pull out her grandfather's records, about 100 pages. And I said, well, what's in them? Mostly, it was her grandparents' application to marry as a couple in the SS. And I I said, what? The SS was, you know, Hitler's elite. What went through my head was a scream. The documents left no doubt that her grandfather had been a Nazi during World War II. He and his wife's application was thorough. They had to present evidence of their racial purity, physical examinations, images of themselves taken from all kinds of angles, family trees. Julie thought of her grandmother, a woman she loved, and who loved her. I could see her signature everywhere in these documents, and I remembered all the birthday cards that she'd sent me, 
that had the same handwriting in them. My grandmother has not told me the truth. As far as she could tell, Julie's grandparents had emigrated to Brazil to flee the accelerating war trials in Europe. Now, Julie felt she needed to dig up everything she could. She learned that her grandfather's job was to oversee farmers in occupied Poland. She wanted to meet some of those people. And one day, on a research trip in Poland, she met an archivist named Robert, who volunteered to translate. So the next day, he and I jumped in the car and we drove. They drove for hours through the countryside. They would find three witnesses that day. The first man was poor and sick. His eyes were angry. He'd say something to Robert and stop, and then he would look over at me again and just shoot this, these furious looks at me. And to me, it felt like, please let me take this. Please just shoot it all at me. Just go on, because that's why I'm here. The meeting didn't last long, but at the end, Julie shook his hand. She found the second man carving wood under a tree near his home. He had dementia. But when he heard her grandfather's name, he covered his head with his arms, as though he were about to be struck. It was like somebody who was being tortured. It was almost a kind of wailing. Julie wanted to stop after that, but the archivist convinced her to keep going. So they went to the last house, where a man in his 80s stood in the shade of cherry trees. He had a scar on his face, and he was smiling. Julie would learn that her grandfather, who was known to beat people without provocation, had given him that scar when the man was a young boy. The man's father had been her family's gardener, and her grandfather often beat him, too. I had big pools of tears on my face all the time. There was no other way to be. They talked for hours. Julie sensed it was important to the gardener's son to share his story. When it was time to leave... He took my forearms into his hands and he kind of shook them a bit. Then he he said, you didn't do anything and you need to remember that, you know. It's not your fault. Those words lifted something from Julie, something she'd been carrying for years. After that, she went outside to compose herself. The man came out with his wife and placed themselves on either side of me. People who had nothing, who had endured extreme pain, sharing a healing balm with me, just putting a balm on wounds. They took her hand, and the three of them looked out silently over the garden he had made, breathing together. That was a sort of earthquake type of experience in life where um, major things shifted. What it meant was that I just didn't have to wander around in that dark space anymore. Instead of shame, she had responsibility. A responsibility to understand the past and help prevent it from happening again. The education work she does now drains her. But when she feels tired, she thinks of that garden, the shade of the cherry trees, and the strangers who held her hand. This isn't the end of Julie's story. We'll be hearing more from her in upcoming Kind World episodes, so stay tuned.
You can find photos and a video of Julie, and much more, at wbur.org slash kindworld.